from the epistle of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brethren, we give thanks to God the Father, who has made us worthy to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things are created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his holy cross. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. John. At that time, Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King, rejoicing in the kingship of our blessed Lord, that as he tells us in the Gospel today, is indeed not of this world. It is something entirely other than what the world might understand as kingship, as authority, as power. The feast was instituted rather recently, only about 100 years or so ago, by Pope Pius IX, Pius XI, Pius IX will be much longer than that, Pius XI of happy memory and quas primus, offered for us the reasoning that he gives us, this blessed feast of Christ the King. It's a response to the scourge of secularism, and often wonder what the popes in the early 1900s would think of us today, and the scourge of the Uh, the scourge of secularism then, and the difficulties, I know certainly the popes wrote about the difficulties, the trials of so many people not going to mass. Attendance was only 90% of Catholics. Ah, for 90% of Catholics. But indeed, the scourge of secularism continues to weigh upon us. A hundred years later, it has only gotten worse. And it was a response to that initial, uh, initial scourge pointed out by Pope Pius XI, that the reality was that the society of the world, the the world essentially uh, experiencing more and more division, more and more separation from God and from one another. And in place of this, 
the world seeks to bring forth a remedy. And the remedy of man is man, not God. And this Pope Pius points out as the fundamental flaw that the response of man to build up a society without God is doomed to failure, utter failure. Our foundation must be Christ, absolutely. In a world where so many times Christ is simply relegated to the sidelines, where faith is to be a private endeavor, something you're certainly welcome to do in your home, but not permitted to do in the public square, Pope Pius boldly and simply encouraged all the Christian faithful to say, in no uncertain terms, Christ belongs here to the world. All of society, Christ belongs here. We recognize that our society continues to be divided. The world continues to be more and more separated from God. And the way forward, the way to renew this, is to work in the inverse order. You see, the evil one seeks to separate society first and then to go into the human heart, into the family, to the individual soul. The remedy of Christ is to start at the person, continue to the family, to the community and then to the whole of society, foundationally increasing and growing in its transformative power in the world. It starts in the hearts of men. The Collect for today's Holy Mass reminds us of this reality, and it speaks of the family of nations that has been rent asunder by sin. Rent asunder by sin. We've been torn apart and we know that there is only one who truly divides, and it is the evil one. He seeks to divide. The evil one tears apart nations, tears apart families, tears apart even the human person within himself, all in an effort to keep us away from the Lord God himself. The prayer also invites us to remember the remedy as the nations are torn asunder, the response is to submit ourselves to Christ. Submit is not a favorable word these days. To speak of submission is almost unpolitically correct. There ought to be no submission. There ought to be only self and self-will to do as one desires to do. This is not a place where we understand of our faith. Our faith invites us to indeed do what we desire to do if we desire to submit ourselves to Christ, to be submissive to Christ. This is our invitation. Indeed, it has already happened, and we wrestle with it. The readings of St. Paul today speaking again to us the Father has indeed delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. We've already been pulled away from the darkness, transferred into the body of Christ, the church, allowed to live here in peace and union with Christ. This is our goal, to remain here, united always and entirely 
to Christ. It is Christ, St. Paul tells us, who holds all things together. It is in Christ that and all things endure. It is only in Christ that the nations can experience anything of the peace that they desire. They may try to build in vain the society of man, but always it is doomed to fail. We must turn to Christ, he who has power, he who has true authority, not the feigned authority of the world where one thinks one can control things. Everything that a man has power over in this world is only because God allows it in the short term. We don't even have power. We have permission from Christ. He allows it. Sometimes even in our wickedness, we don't understand it. But all these things are not because we ourselves possess power. It's that Christ does not power, does not show forth his entirely in that moment. He holds back for whatever purpose, whether in anger or in mercy. It is to to submit ourselves to Christ. And this is not a private action. Again, Pope Pius, the the entire thrust was uh, the social dimension of the reign of Christ. It was not just that Christ might reign in our hearts and that be it sufficiently on Sunday morning for an hour or two at Mass. It is not that Christ would reign supremely within our hearts only whenever we were on our knees in prayer or offering our rosaries. It is that Christ would reign supreme in our lives wholly and entirely, at every single moment, whether privately or in the public forum. And it is this that the world continues to be in need of, increasingly so. So we recognize the need for Christ to reign in our hearts individually, most certainly. But then to take that faith, to take that love for Christ, that burning love for the heart of Jesus, to turn it to the world, that the world, too, might taste something of the love of God, might experience the grace and mercy of Christ, and might also submit themselves to his holy will. It is for us to be the leaven of society, as the church teaches. Jesus tells us to go forth and to transform the world with our presence. We do it in a whole variety of ways. Certainly with the election coming up, We can vote, to vote in accord with our Catholic faith, to allow our teachings from Christ not simply to be things that we allow only to be a part of our lives, but to be the foundation of all of it, not to be Catholic everywhere except the poles, but to allow him to reign there, to live our faith at work. At times it can be unnerving, when the conversation at work is not about holy things, to be fearful from time to time of making the sign of the cross before meals in the public square. All of these are places where indeed fear can arise in our hearts, but they need not remain. To express our faith, even in the smallest of things, by the sign of the cross, by a kind word, a gentle rebuke, a walking away, All of these are ways that we can establish the kingship of Christ. Certainly, to pray. To pray in the public forum. To pray in the world. 
to allow our faith to inspire us to live the faith in every moment of the day. This is the foundational piece. To celebrate the Feast of Christ the King is nothing other than a call for Catholics to simply be Catholics. Be who we are called to be, and nothing less. Not to shrink back, not to be afraid, to flaunt our faith, to boast of it in the most positive sense, to rejoice in it, because we rejoice in God's power that is made manifest. One of the great gifts of the church is that of indulgences. Today we have the opportunity to express publicly our faith and to establish and dedicate ourselves and the entire human race to Christ in a public manner. Again, the public nature of our Catholic faith is the entire thrust of this feast. Pope Pius XI offered an indulgence to the Christian faithful for those who would on this day offer uh, publicly the act of dedication to the human race uh, to Jesus Christ our King. I didn't have the opportunity to get to get a paper printed up for all of you to follow along to pray it together. But indeed, this, uh, I'm going to offer this prayer here at this point, and I invite you to join together with me if you happen to have it in a pew missile or some other thing uh, that you have with you, certainly uh, to join with me in praying the same prayer. Because indeed, it is a, a plenary indulgence is granted to those who piously pray this prayer in public. Under the usual conditions of reception of Holy Communion, going to confession within three weeks, uh, offering prayers for the intentions of our Holy Father, typically the Our Father and the Hail Mary, and to be uh, freed from any attachment of sin. And so it's these things that we turn to our blessed Lord and we consecrate today. We dedicate the entire of the human race, every human heart, we dedicate to Christ our King. We pray that he might come with his power, with his authority, manifest in his mercy. Most sweet Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look down upon us humbly prostrate before you. We are yours, and yours we wish to be. But to be more surely united with you, behold, each one of us freely consecrates himself today to your most sacred heart. Many indeed have never known you. Many too, despising your precepts, have rejected you. Have mercy on them all, most merciful Jesus and draw them to your sacred heart. Be king, O Lord, not only of the faithful who have never forsaken you, but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned you. Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house, lest they die of wretchedness and hunger. Be king of those who are deceived by erroneous opinions or whom discord keeps aloof, and call them back to the arbor of truth and the unity of faith, so that soon there may be but one flock and one shepherd. Grant, O Lord, to your church assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. Give, give tranquility of order to all nations. Make the earth resound from pole to pole with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To it be glory and honor forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.